Hello and welcome to the Film Ireland podcast. I'm Gemma Cray and I'm chatting with Antonia Campbell-Hughes about her powerful POV feature, It Is In Us All. First up, huge congratulations. I know, I think the last time we were chatting, you were in the process of, of filming and COVID just started and mm-hmm. what this film is very much so a COVID film in, in that it's so claustrophobic. And you feel that the weight of the the lockdown, kind of that that isolation in there, which is it, it's very interesting to watch. Yeah, but you know, I mean, it's completely non-COVID. Yeah, but I wrote it years before COVID ever was conceived of, you know, so it's completely coincidental. And I did have to do what they called at the time, which was a COVID pass on the script, yeah. but it was nothing to do with removing people or anything like that. It was not to address the fact that, you know, we're all locked down. It was more just cost. Like it was, I think my COVID passes were uh, were about where the expenses were because it was harder to get insurance. So I had to reduce driving and accidents. But um, so the way that the film is in that kind of very isolated sense where there's, you know, um, he's in, he's one man in a very empty land. It was written that way in 2017. So that's perfect. So you've hit the zeitgeist on the head. Without... I'm always one step ahead. Woo-hoo. So tell me a little bit about the, the themes of this project and about developing it, because it's very um like that. It's it's a very kind of like one month's internal journey, physicalized with his relationship with this with this child, with this kind of young boy that that represents everything sort of in a way he's not, but it's, it's so tense and it's, it's beautiful to watch, but like, you're kind of at the edge of your seat the whole time. Tell me about developing him as a, as a character and and how much changed from draft to draft. I suppose when uh, across the board, there's certain things in the world um, about, you know, homo sapiens and human dynamics that intrigue me. And that will probably be a constant from until I die. You know, there's certain things, I mean, the way in which we um, coexist is something that's co- always perplexing, and um, and so then when you have the up, what you have as the opportunity as a filmmaker as a platform by which to navigate and investigate these kind of things that you find uh, confusing or perplexing or just or or fascinating. So that's always been a driving uh, line in terms of the work I do, and then it's about finding a suitable narrative to hang those themes off, you know? Um, and so I and I really, um, I enjoy uh, rules and regulations and boundaries by which to work within, you know, like limitation I actually find quite um, inspiring. And so the limitations on this were budget, delivery time in terms of my, uh, when it was presented to me and when I had to, come up with an idea a proposal to enter the competition let's say and the fact also that it was a women's theme and so I naturally for some reason when I sit down to write tend to write my own history uh, with you know loosely as a male protagonist and I kind of said why is that that's going to be difficult if it's a women's scheme but I just didn't really think that I thought you know my position as a female filmmaker is that I suddenly have the, the opportunity to really um, take the time to observe and dissect and give the platform 
to go into the, the gradients of male versus masculine that we do often give to the female, you know? Yeah, like, and it is because he is such a a reserved character. And it, it, like, the, like he feels when you're watching him like this tightly coiled spring that's about to explode at any point, but then he doesn't. And like watching him with that tension and, and knowing his kind of loaded past as well is, is very, very interesting as a viewer to watch. And I'm just wondering as an actor, how do you kind of, do you like, develop his character was he fully formed before you got uh Cosmo on board did you explore his character with him because I mean again it's it's such an internal piece that it's just interesting to see how it was teased out yeah I mean the thing is like um what I very much wanted to look at I mean I again I these words like you know um uh you know, the impact of the patriarchy on the male and all that is really interesting because we know what patriarchal impact on femininity and female is, but it does also, I was very interested in how it affects men and about how um, they have to, male masculine has to fit into a kind of this characterization. And, um, you know, he's like someone who's um, been, uh, it's, it's like he's suspended and contained um and stifled within this kind of uh restriction of what the male control is you know where limited emotion is so that was very much what Hamish as a character is and that's why we see the explosion of I consider that the first I don't I don't spoiler alert but the first the first impact of a collision it's almost like he's ripped open and begins to live for the first time and that was always very much what this journey of the narrative was. Um, but I do believe as a, an actor and as a writer and director that a character is on the page, but it becomes something slightly more depending on who embodies it. So with Cosmo, it would be always slightly different if it was someone else, you know? Yeah, but it's it's interesting you were saying about the to- toxic masculinity because you've three generations and you see the push and the pull. So you have this younger guy who's who's much freer, who's who's who is kind of kind of pulls him out into the journey of of living and more self expression. And then you have like that kind of unseen hand of the violent, oppressive, like and whether or not he's actually violent or not, but you you know like that kind of brute force of of the father, the the patriarch, the, yeah. the businessman. And you have like, you know, the kind of controlling force of that and, and the expectations put upon him from that. And like, it's a very interesting to watch how, how stifled he is sort of by both and, and how the younger kid kind of puts a mirror up to him and, 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 and reveals yeah. how unhappy he is but it's it's an interesting thing but it's but it's also done through such uh, subtle dynamics and I'm, I'm how do you kind of build up the chemistry there as well yeah well first of all I have to point that I never use the word toxic masculinity because okay. I it's I think it's the opposite to what I was actually doing um toxic masculinity is something that's so negative and so um, judgmental in a sense. And I find that very specifically, I was trying to give um, platform and applause and um, much more uh, 
a sensitivity to addressing and observing male gradients, you know, and that that was something that I that's why I mean, yeah. but there are all these hashtag kind of woke terms that I just don't. They don't really have. There's not much. They're kind of a conversation ender, you know, and um, I just felt that term is very much the opposite to what I was trying to do. Um, but it is about. Uh, it is about observing with sensitivity and giving them very giving the male a lot more uh I, I imagine it's kind of it's about giving it like time and conversation and inspection and that's something that we always tend to give a female you know actually that is the thing that that is the difference between this because he's such a he's an introspective character and that's the thing that makes this so different is that his journal his journey is so internalized and that's why Cosmo is it's a really good choice for that because he gives so little away and so well that's the thing is like um in terms of Cosmo as an actor like I very much relate to how he is as a performer and as a human and I find it much more um evocative when like first of all I'm I'm interested in writing characters that don't have handles on to hold on to for an audience you really have to invest in them and when you put that investment in to a less accessible character you benefit much more it's a, you know you earn by going on that journey with them and as cosmo is an actor like that and actors of that sort that i really they um speak to me is where everything is so held within the dermis and you you see that you see the emotions and the pain that's held within them like holding back is is something that really um affects me as a filmmaker and as an actor and as an audience member even so um and that's what's so compelling about the character of Hamish because he really is someone who's been I mean, I I just think there's you can it's almost impossible to not fear feel for him because you have to have such sensitivity to understand a male that that is that contained and has to work so hard to keep the world at bay, and then when he breaks open, it's it's such a revelation. And can you tell me about working with that cast and getting the the such a great um, chemistry between himself and uh, Reese? Do you think so? Thank you. I mean, well, what I I think is really interesting is um, they're so different and they're such different characters as well. I mean, it really is like to put it in very plain man speak. I almost needed Evan to be I mean, what he is, is he's someone he's he's a character who's completely externalized, like everything is with hope and wonder and the world is at his fingertips and there's a naivety and a lack of callous and that. extroversion and and open beauty is in effect absolutely threatening to someone who exists by being contained and closed and so I do, they were also just very very different types of actors and performers and that I think conflict works well you know when you put two very different types together it's just what it means is the tension or the um uh the energy between two different halves is what is tangible 
And how do you find that with them? Do you have, as a director, do you have big discussions? Do you sit in a room? Do you send them characters or descriptions? Like, how do you how do you get to the crux of who people are and work with that? Um, I think my strength is um, choosing the right people for uh, the right actors for a role. Um, and I think it's always a balancing act of knowing exactly what one brings like to me I mean it's it's very obvious like when I had Cosmo I knew that what I was looking for in an Evan had to shift and you know because I looked at it is it is all about balance um I don't believe in trying to pull somebody into something where they don't sit comfortably um I really I mean I guess you know a lot of people have asked about my experience as an actor and how that impacted as being a director and I just know that um as an actor, I very much believe in being quite fully immersive and knowing your material thoroughly and doing everything within your power to satisfy your director's wishes. So within reason, that's kind of how I am as a director also. Um, and I was very ha- lucky to have a cast who were that invested also. Um, for me, it's... it's uh, I don't like to rehearse that much because I think basic like line reading is interesting. I mean, it's also boring, but no, um, no, I don't like to workshop and rehearse because for me, that's much more craft oriented. That's uh, repetition. I like to do many. I like to find many options. And I do, you know, I used to wonder, I felt guiltily like I very much um, home the narrative. Oh, there's not much difference between what you see on screen to the script is pretty much it's it's very um designed and prescribed like it very much had a lot of time to prep and know exactly what I'm trying to do um I feel that landscape and positioning and and camera setup and lighting and all these things are just as evocative so I believe I mean I used to say that um the landscape and place and um um tableau let's say is was my leading character yeah actually I had that as one of my notes where I was like the capturing that sense of place and again the like how oppressive how oppressive it is but how how kind of fish out of water as well it is for Cosmo to go back there and everyone's knew I knew your mom I knew your mom like you know and and there's like a restrictiveness to that as well where you're like you what does that mean for the person for their identity coming back there as well you know um and that kind of of overt friendliness as well that's almost obtrusive in the beginning that that it's very interesting to watch and that is such the difference like I've I've of of expats especially that come home like one of my my cousin was over in London and she was like she's from like rural Ireland and she's like the difference of um interactions between the two places was intense and she could feel herself getting more into the London way and I think it's an interesting thing and it's it's so well observed in this and I yeah I mean I've always been really interested in just basically human beings that feel completely displaced in in the world you know like so it's it's almost non-geographical it's like it's like an inner sense of, of placement and um that's something I think is, you know, it's universal. And so when I first wrote this, I very much argued for the fact that it could be in Romania, like in the Midwest, like anywhere. It's not necessarily 
Irish specific. And um, it is about one human's sense of dislocation. And that comes from an individual who's never been quite seen. And that's what we see very much with the character of Hamish and, you know, how his father treats him is that he's a man who's been emasculated from birth, if you will. And that is, I actually write that as being, it's, it's gender irrelevant and it's age irrelevant because we, when he starts to become, he kind of becomes quite infantile. And, you know, we see that because he spends time with children, but that's because he's having to catch up and become yeah. a fully uh, engaged adult male in this very short period of time. And um, I did, I mean, I have always said it's science fiction and I see that because the, the sense of place is somewhere I really knew. That's why my first short is kind of exploring that. Um, I think some environments are so other and we can be touched by things that are so um, incremental and hard to specify that these are the moments that are quite explosive in our lives that make us feel completely human and where um, there is, you know, there's such a core vitality as a human being rather than the big life events that we're meant to champ, uh, meant to celebrate. Do you know, like, um, I think it's the tiny moments that make, um, make everything far more um, magical. It sounds such a twee word, but... Um, yes. So anyway, to create that very much what I worked on for so long was to create the visual tonality, which is a combination between landscape, set design, how to shoot it, how to give distance and to make it feel almost like an alien experience from a viewer's position. And then you drop your human being in the alien landscape. And and that actually, how do you achieve the aesthetic? Like, how do you decide on it? What was your points of reference when you're chatting to your DOP? How do you create the world? Um, there was lots of various things. I mean, like, I reference a lot of photographers I was quite interested in. You know, there is, um, uh, we shot in a kind of, there was a, there was a distance with the camera. Like, there's, we, basically, there were um, fairly lots of wides and then only at times we pop in for very deep close-ups but uh the house itself I mean that was a set build and very much that was to give another kind of um like womb like like experience and the different scenes were lit accordingly to kind of create a mood so that was all pre-planned um and that was a good thing about I suppose the time I had with lockdown was to very much uh, have a mapping of that. And there's always, it was very locked off camera position. So we have a repetition, um, you know, all that. So, and that's also why things like, um, you know, shooting the cars to feel the movement and transition into place with that. Yeah. Cause I, I really enjoyed those shots. It was like Stephen King, like you're, they're looking at this mm. alien artifact. And I remember, and it just kind of, there was something very, uncomfortable about it as a viewer where you're just you're almost like watching this artifact that it's almost as if it's been in the ground for a really long period of time and then observing it like an abstract thing and then using that to process it which was yeah it's an interesting it's an interesting standpoint it's very unique yeah I um I hope so I mean that's the thing it's like I always say that you know um the film is very much an experience you know, and it's very sensory based. 
and if like sometimes people what I don't know how to say it, but people tend to watch with um a desire for entertainment you know and so you have this kind of like need and, and an immediate um intellectual dissection or a you know like you have to be proven something or delivered something but if you allow it to just wash then you very much go on that journey and it's very important to catch something like that I think on a big screen but I do think it's very important to be immersed um to get the full hit of this so the sound mix as well it's very kind of layered and nuanced how do you work like do you work in a room with the sound editor do you get sent cuts and and kind of approve them yourself how do you obtain that feel um yeah sound was very very important to me and also for it to be um um seamless with the score like the score is quite integral because I always always have like issue when I feel that score is layered or it's kind of dictates or smacks you in the face and it's intrusive. Um, I really wanted my score and the sound design to go to work hand in hand and complement each other. Um, silence and score are, I mean, they're so opposite, but also so uh, integrally parallel. Um, like I, things that I find like, you'll see that in the film there's no sense that you know this is a very simple note that I gave to the sound designer I was like I don't want any hints of birds they tend to drop in birds whenever you're outside it's like there's no birds it's there's no there's no birds on Mars he's on Mars how could there possibly be birds you know it's only at the very very end that you'll detect some birds chirping because that shows a new beginning you know it's very important and obvious things like I don't you know, I'm trying to keep it as low level as possible, like doors creaking. It, it just sounds artificial to me. And then my wonderful composer is Tom Furs, who's someone I've known for a very long time. It's his first feature, I think. And what I really love about discovering new talent, people who have maybe been ex- uh, extremely prolific as artists in slightly different arenas, like he's a very skilled and talented musician with a you know, he's been in many bands, etc. It was his first foray into uh, narrative, and there's a freshness with that, and there's like a um, like a non-discipline almost, and that uh, I think he did. Ex- we worked very closely together. And actually, speaking of um, say newer talent, uh, working with Reese, though so again, like he's he's super duper talented, but. Was it, did you have to kind of get a performance from him or did he just show up fully formed on the day? No, I mean, casting Evan was a long, long, long process. I looked at so many people and I knew there was a quality I was looking for that was like, I wanted, um, because I mean, on sometimes, you know, I, I always like to avoid stereotype and I wanted someone that was not like an Irish boy racer or young youth stereotype. I wanted a boy who was almost like um a mini adonis and very self aware of their own power as a beauty there's something that is kind of comes with youth um and that's almost quite feminine that we associate with young females and for his um posturing and his peacocking to be something that would truly unsettle another male who's so restricted and Reese is just has such a beautiful, polite, 
ease and he's so physically beautiful and um those were qualities i found very interesting in him and um and he's very generous with his with his self-investigation let's say I mean, you know he's very he's very um brave in what he's you know where he's willing to showcase himself yes yeah because i think that is that is definitely there in that chemistry like at the, between the two and you do you are sold and you know you are kind of in love with him by the end of the film as this young you you do see why cosmo sort of follows him through the through the thicket towards that like towards something else and it, i like it it's it's enjoyable thing to watch but i love how the the undercurrent how how underpinned it is how how subtle it is yeah i mean the thing is i think that um you know there was something i kept wanting to address and that is when people have zero cynicism there's like an um an open-eyed flirtation with the world and that is something i really want to harness and it kind of sometimes people lose that as they age and as they are more out in the world and you know that's where we develop callous and that was something very unique to reese you know it's um we're not used to be it's it's very um arresting and striking and unnerving when you meet people that are so wide-eyed and open to you you know it's, it's we're surrounded by people who um have are are very wary and naturally um self-protecting and when you in, are engaged or in, when you encounter that open-eyed curiosity it's very disarming. Yeah, it's very interesting to see the that your perspective on it actually, like just because I'd obviously I'd have a different way of processing information. So I'd pick it up in a slightly different way. And it's actually just really illuminating to see where it comes from. So I'm really, it's really fabulous to listen to. Um, yeah, um, well, that's, I mean, sorry, I, there's so much detail, but like, I guess my major note to Cosmo always yeah. was that, when he starts to go on the journey, which is the main bulk of the film, it's as though everything is experienced for the first time. Like there's this kind of wonder and, you know, and it is about being disarmed and engaged and seduced. Very much about being seduced by the landscape, seduced by um, the food he eats, seduced by car driving, seduced by adrenaline. It's all very, and for the, everything for the first time can be unsettling, but Moorish. And that's his journey. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Um, and how did you keep that kind of pacing? Those long shots of him in a space and then and getting the feel of him in that space, but like to keep the pacing along and then to have those kind of like almost feverish moments at points. Like, how do you find that? Was that kind of something um, that you felt out or had you had planned? Oh, it was very planned. I mean, I had a, a, a complete timeline of his time there and something I wanted to be very authentic is that um in those places like that uh the distance between location and experience is long and I needed him to be worn down his physicality has to be stretched because it's that's why I mean again body horror is like toxic masculinity these words I don't really understand but I am very uh something uh in general in cinema that i find very compelling is when we see a visual of somebody ripped apart whether it be sickness or stress 
or the actual tissue being torn open, I think that's a wonderful um, representation and uh, poetic way of showing emotion. Like, you know, I mean, it's the classic Agnes Varda. If you um, tore open the insides, you'd see landscapes. I mean, that's very much how I, what I value in cinema. And I find that his hulking physicality being battered is is very much an analogy of what he's experiencing as a human. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. It's so fascinating to pick your brain on this because it's great mm-hmm. to see like a uh, little bit how the sausage is made. So thank you so much for chatting with us. Um, no problem. Thank you. Best, best of luck. I'm sure this will get a fabulous set of reviews again. It's so brilliantly tense and the performances are just amazing it's so gorgeous and rich so congratulations thank you I yes I hope people I mean I find it people ask me a lot what I expect people to take away from it and I think it makes you fall in love with humanity in a sense yeah that's a and that's a lovely um thing (laughs) to have right now because I think we need that um but thank you thank you so much and good luck and thank you thank you thanks 